utility. I've had utility guys ripping up my whole street for like five, five or six days. It's not been Jeez. my favorite thing. Um, it's yeah, it's not. I don't love it. Yeah. Um, luckily, they they pretty much have left. So hopefully, the um, the massive blanket I threw over the window will uh, handle whatever um, diesel ministrations. Uh, are left over from their uh, hideous subterranean business. <laughs> <clears throat> infrastructure. As infrastructure, you needed to live. <laughs> How, you didn't build these roads. Who built these roads? We're not going to take the roads. Uh, well, I introduced the show, so I don't know what the fuck I'm waiting on. Yeah. Uh, it's it's me. It's been me. The, I've been here the whole time. Welcome to Oops All Monsters, the deadly, unserious show about creatures, cryptids, and curiosities curated by two weirdos from wild and wonderful West Virginia, that weirdo with me, when he's not using highly advanced technology to try to devolve Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo is Gavin. <laughs> my, my favorite Dennis Hopper role. <laughs> Everybody's favorite Dennis Ro Hopper role, King Koopa, <laughs> the gr the greatest King Koopa ever to wear a weird faux uh, uh, alligator did, jacket. Or did that shit. come from you talking about spiky things a second ago? <laughs> um, no, I I almost made know, a Koopa joke. Day of, day of an episode, my mind goes like, oh, I need to think of the thing that Gavin is, yes. and uh, and it just rolls to whatever whatever r random play um, hits there first that I can think of a sentence well, about. Well, check this one out. Honestly. And this weirdo with me mixing Chemical X with sugar and spice is Hess. Mmm. So we have um, the Super Mario Brothers movie and uh, 1989 Batman. I'm, I guess. No, it's uh, very... uh, Professor Professor the Professor from Powerpuff Girls. Professor the Professor from Powerpuff yeah. Girls. That was my second one. The sugar and spice. I was like, I don't. <laughs> and we are here too, as we always are. Delight and edify you with tales of mysterious monsters from mythology, film, literature, TV, as well as gaming from the console to the tabletop and beyond. On a rotating basis, each of us brings a monster into the shop, unknown to the other presenter, and discusses their origins and implications for the benefit of you, dear readers. Quick reminder, check the Instagram, it's what you think it is, at oopsallmonsters, to find uh, imagery that enhances the show. And uh, with that, uh, this is a Gavin episode, oh. therefore, it is uh, on me to bring a, a vocabulary word for the segment that we like to call villain's vocabulary what do you think's in the segment hmm. um, what's this word I, the word is obnixly 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 Obnixily, done in an obnixious ob fashion. Um, O-B-N-I-X-E-L-Y. Huh. Um, do, do you want to guess? Because you don't have to if you're, if you're just like... Um, obnixily. Um... <laughs> it is, the L-Y should connote that it is, it is um, adjective-ish. Uh, no. Wait, obnixily. Is or, it anything like... Uh, ad adverbish, like... adverbish. Like uh, to 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 flutter about with energy, or like to confusedly no, sort through something. But I like something. that. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, it means earnestly or strenuously. Ah. Um, the yeah. it is apparently related to the um, the the word obnitor, yeah. which really clears it up for me. Okay, of course. And yeah. obnixus ob, slash obnixum, <laughs> which uh, Wiktionary does really doesn't give me anything on. It has to do with <laughs> struggled against, resisted, opposed. So to do something obnixily is to do it uh, earnestly or earnestly and strenuously to really give it the old college try, yeah. as the Brits would say. Okay. Um, I, that one is going to go in 
one hole and out the other. I won't tell you which holes. You you guys <laughs> assign them yourselves. Well, I'll probably use so, it again because um, I, I like it of Nixily. I really like the shape of the word and the way that it looks. Yeah. Starting with an obna and having an ix in it, it's a really great looking word. I just, there's no fucking way that my brain is going to stick to it on any We're level. We're going to have to tackle um, this feat of Nixium. Uh, and with that out of the way, Gavin, as this is your episode, is there anything where you could drag us into the section of the show that we like to call the Imagine, if you will? I got plenty of it, and I'll forewarn everybody, this may be a hefty one, or it could be light, it's as hefty as we make it, but... We have we have long ago lost the ability to judge how hefty topics will be, yep. sometimes <laughs> we're right... But sometimes we're right is not really good data, so um, we'll find it's out. It's also a weird thing that we kind of haven't touched on ever. You'll see. Okay, so imagine, if you will, that you were a farm boy plucked from your peasant lifestyle by a powerful wizard to fulfill a prophecy. Um, years after being trained to fight wielding weapons and magic, uh, one of your oldest friends has been kidnapped by a vicious crime lord. So you and all of your old allies crime lord. conceive a plan to infiltrate the crime lord's palace and rescue him. Uh, first, the princess will pose as a bounty hunter, sneaking in your physically strongest ally as a prisoner. Uh, while a statesman and general infiltrates the palace guard, they will attempt to free your friend, but upon being caught, it will be up to you as the last-ditch effort to walk into the palace and boldly demand the freedom of all of them. And, as such, this happens to happen. So, it is up to you uh, to boldly <laughs> stride into this palace, and you first try to use your magic to try and convince the crime lord to free your friends without any conflict, and failing that, the criminal hierarch hits a switch to a trap door that was underneath of your feet, and you fall floorless into a black depth. Rolling to recover on loose dirt, Scattered about in this cavernous oubliette are the bones and remains of victims to some sort of limb-rendering violence. Some fresh and some remains are just bleach bones, which is odd since there's no sun, but... What is even going on? I'm so... <laughs> I'm like, is this a Star War? We're not doing it a Star It is War. a Star War! Oh! Uh, wow, the, 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 the ca crime lord and castles yeah. stuff was really like red herring me, herringing, red herringing, red herringing me yeah. off, off of the scent of a Star War. Yep. Which is this, are, are we looking at the Rancor? Yes. Am I? Oh no, cries your golden protocol droid. The Rancor. You are like Luke Skywalker face-to-face -face with planet Dathmore's most ancient of evils. No, not the Night Sisters. The Rancor Patissa from holy Star Wars. Sh holy <laughs> shit. Um, wow. I, d that was, you really veered, you know, <laughs> you were smashing off of the lane. Um, to to disorient me from that just being a clear Star War. Yep. Um. W wow. Okay. Because the thing the thing is the the tr the the team of um ne'er do wells and and politicians kind of gave me like this this feels like a Star War, but he's talking yeah. about a crime lord and a castle. Yeah. And uh, and it really got me um. Got me trapped in the hedgerow. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's a lot of high fantasy in the sci-fi of Star Wars, which is... Star Wars is the biggest, like, science fiction thing next to Star Trek in the world ever, and there's so much fantasy in it, it's ridiculous. Like, well, Luke Skywalker yeah. really is a farm boy who was taken by a wizard to fulfill an ancient prophecy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, talking about have a, having a hot take on what the genre of Star Wars really is, is yeah. some, you know, is is has gotten a bit um, cliche, has gotten a bit yeah. cliche in well, the modern nerd era. I mean, yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah. I forget whose hot take it was that 
um, seem to be lodged in place in a while for my brain that Star Wars is really a Western. Yeah. But there are, there are so many fantastical elements of Star Wars. Making yes. it a Western, making it a Western is only a clever thing that has to do with about ethics and morality. Yeah. Where there there are obvious white hats and black hats in Star Wars. Yeah. Which is which has more of an overlap in the Venn diagram of, of fantasy than it does um, just strictly the Western. Yeah. Let's talk about the Rancor, because other than what the hell it looks like, I don't factually know hardly a fucking thing about the Rancor. <laughs> I, I will have to admit. I do well, know a little bit about the Sarlacc, but I don't yeah. know I, I don't know of I don't know one dime about the We can work the a lot of Sarlacc in here. It's uh it's eh, just fifteen eh, minutes eh, later. Whatever. No, it's whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um the uh the Rancor, my god, like anything like the sound guy that farted crossways in Empire Strikes Back, like this has a, an entire like chapter of books about it so of course the rancor has a history and all kinds of stuff we're not going to get too deep into it but i'll cover okay. like um the rancor is from a planet called dothamore uh which is inherently like a dark side planet it's where this uh cult of witches are from called the night sisters who kind of started the sith or they are around for the beginning of it and um, that's why I think the Rancor is cast as, like, a straight-up bad guy creature. Like, this is a bad uh -huh. guy monster because it's um, from, like, a, a dark side planet. So it's written... It's, like, woven into the concrete of the story that these are, like, evil things. Um, right, sure. Being from another planet and, uh, like, thousands of years of spacefaring and everything, they, uh, they were brought to other planets through some means or another. They're also considered um, indigenous to Felucia, even though they're originally from Dothamore. They've been on Felucia for so long that they're considered indigenous. That's the Twi'lek jungle planet. Those Rancors are painted up in, like, glowy rave paint. You've probably seen, like, art of them somewhere. Yeah, In, sure. like, all of the Star Wars, like, stuff that you look at. <laughs> all of the, you know, the, the gallery <laughs> of bizarre Star Wars cosplay that rolls through your head 24-7. And then there's uh, a type of Rancor called the Tyrant Rancor, which is usually captive, but sometimes wild Rancors who are overfed and um, free to eat whatever they want, so they usually grow bigger and more aggressive. That's what Jabba the Hutt's Rancor is, is a tyrant Rancor. Um, okay. Specifically named, and I learned this today, specifically named Patissa. <laughs> oh, Patissa, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm looking here. Um, Rancors, they're... They are hulks of muscle and reptilian flesh. Yes. Are they in, are they in fact reptiles? Is that their uh, like um, it's biological Wikipedia understanding? Said, yeah, Wikipedia said they are reptile-like. Okay, so because I yeah. imagine there's some type of like space reptile they want to write later. Like, what if the sure. Rancor can breathe underwater for this game? Which which they're in like almost every video game, of course. Yeah, they're a big <laughs> splash. Yeah. So for for those uh, for the un uninitiated, there sh there sh there must be mathematically people that have absolutely no idea what the fuck we're talking about. In Star Wars, uh, this is which which episode is Return of the Jedi? Six, six, six one, two, three, right? four, five, six. Yes, yeah. Return of the so Jedi. So in Return of the Jedi, um, there's a, a big set piece battle where, um, our, our main dude, Luke Skywalker, you may have heard of him, yeah. um, has been captured by Jabba the Hutt. You may have been heard of, you may have heard of him, big, big weird slug guy that talks like a gooba juba man. Yeah. And, um, upon sentencing him to death, uh, d d drops open this, um, action figure hole in his uh, evil crime lord lair which sluices Luke um, very sp in a very Spielbergian fashion into this um, massive uh, underground pit that really is an investment for you to have one. I mean, it's a colossal <laughs> yeah. like uh, airplane hangar size yeah. underground lair for this just uh, beast to live in. 
and then um you know the 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 scene comes with Luke just going like what am i just being you know you 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 kind of are in pov with him going like am i just stuck in this big weird hole oh no there's a lot of weird bugs in here that's not good <laughs> something is in here with me and then this colossally big um thing that's got to be I mean, that one had to be, what, like 50 feet, 60, 70 feet? I mean, it was a, this massive kind of... Um, it kind of feels like the vibe between... Speaking of Super Mario Brothers, the first movie, kind of halfway between, like, a humanoid and a dinosaur, almost. With a, It's a big, yeah. kind of awkward-ass legs, leathery skin. It's kind of a reddish-brown, and it has this colossal, like, jumpy, jumpy, jumpy head and, and the jaw. creators of the puppet described it as a cross between a bear and a potato. Yeah, I can see that. It's certainly... <laughs> If I was having to triangulate it, yeah, maybe like a it's kind of a bear versus an alligator versus a, a rhino, but really, it's, it's yeah, it's it's it also, has a it's humanoid kind of bearing overall, gorilla-like uh, proportions to its legs and arms. Yeah, its arms are much take up much more um, proportionally than uh, a human being, and it does give it a little bit of a, a gorilla vibe. But it's kind of a big, colossal, languorous thing that whoops around, and obviously it's going to eat you, and it's not going to be a problem for this thing to do so. They are five to eight meters tall. I would assume that the uh, uh, tyrant Patissa is the eight meter tall case. Meters. <laughs> so remind me again. What is this? Um. Uh. What is this established planet where these bad bad boys or girls? I don't know what their what fucking sex is. Come from? It is. It's there because they're not from Tatooine. No. The one that the one that Jabba has on Tatooine is has been brought there at assumably, assumably, assumedly, assumedly a great deal of expense to him. Yeah. Um. That. That uh, weirdo little Stuart Twilight, uh, uh, Bib Fortuna, gave it to mm -hmm. him as a present. And um, also gave him... Uh, I'm going to try to say this. Yeah, okay. Also gave him Malikali, Malikali the um, trainer, the human trainer uh, who was a slave. Um, okay, right. It, all in one and package. Uh, that's the guy that cries after uh, Luke kills him, because there's this memorable scene in Return of the Jedi where, after Luke destroys the Rancor, its trainer comes out, and its trainer's wearing this weird leather executioner's hood and, like, almost nothing else, and he's this big obese guy who starts bawling his eyes out and like he goes and hugs the the creature as it's dying and that was memorable for a lot of people for a reason is because like that was kind of tailored to invoke emotion like the sound designer had to work on the way that the guy cried like that's not just a boom mic catching the actor crying right. like there's a, there was a whole production about um Malikali crying over the killed Rancor, and it was supposed to be like, oh, well, maybe sometimes bad guys are people too. <laughs> yeah, and you know what it gives? It gives me big um, Master Blaster vibes. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Where you have a, you have a similar um, person who is um, mentally in charge, and then a person who is physically yeah. dominant or a character. Yeah. If we, we give them yeah, a that's exactly status. what it is. They're both and then forced you, to fight by corrupt people in charge. <laughs> yeah. In a, in a, in a very specific scenario where you assume what the outcome is, uh, what it's going to be. And then, and then when things don't go for Goliath, uh, yeah. the, the, the director does a fun game of, um, toying with the audience by giving, you know, peeling back a layer of the onion and, and creating a, a scene where we, we have empathy for kind of, uh, all of the losers involved. Uh, I don't. I, in the yeah. case of in the case of Thunderdome, I and Mad Max, I still am. I'm still team. Like, why? Why did we accept Master onto the good guys again? Yeah. Uh, I've brought this up on the show before because he's just a he's an awful little fucking tyrant dickhead. 
He's like maybe the most actively awful person in the movie. He, t- I'll say this every time uh, when Iron Bar like f- throws him in the shit and makes him wallow in pig shit for like days and days, it changed him. <laughs> okay, all right, that's fair. I just and I, and as, as I mentioned before, if you just had a five second thing like on the train where he's like, "I'm with you guys," because yeah. I've been like, "All right, f- uh, fine, fine," but yeah, they, and they, maybe they it was there and it got cut him. out. But you know, he just he just put on a little person's fancy suit and a bowler, and everybody was like, "Okay, one of us, one of us." I'm like, "What? Why? What did he do to redeem himself?" Yeah, you know, there was just no tra- there was no transition there where I feel like we should trust this little uh, like like asshole at all. I'm it sure like it was got cut. Ba- seems like he's got a bad personality. Yeah. Yeah, he, I he mean, that mean. movie's already, that movie was already long as balls. There's probably another 45 minutes on the floor somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Return of the Jedi. The Rancor monster has trapped Luke Skywalker. Can he escape the Rancor's claws as the Rancor Keeper and Gamorrean Guard look on? Luke's only chance is a stake in the monster's jaw. Will he succeed or fall victim? Only you can decide with Star Wars toys. I don't remember how Luke defeats the Rancor. That's is, this is how often I watch the, the original Star Wars movies, which is like not at all. I do watch some. I've watched. What have I watched? I watched some shit recently. I've seen. I watched um, Mandalorian. Yeah. What's the thing? What's the thing? It's not the Mandalorian. Andor. Yeah, Andor. I was telling you that Andor yeah. was. I was Andor's telling you that the Andor. Stuff you want. Andor Andor kicks ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like a, a rebel a, a rebel movie without the Jedi that actually treats the audience like adults. Yeah. Where we're like uh, this this world implies that it's a serious place where serious people try to do <laughs> serious like you know capers and intrigue. Yeah. Well, where the fuck is it ever happening? Cuz no you never <laughs> where you're never showing it and finally Yeah, yeah there's a there's a galactic conflict, but, you know, Luke needs to drink neon titty milk. <laughs> <sighs> Muppet milk. Yeah, I know. We don't like the new stuff, and that's what we'll, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. The, the thing <laughs> is, yeah, the, I, I guess the upside is they just spam the button so much that some of the shit is very good, and eventually you got to Andor. Like, some people yeah. got the fact that Rogue One was was really appreciated by a, a, a major segment of the audience. Yeah. That's the through line that I see is I see that I see like rogue one through some of um, the Mandalorian into Andor. We're like the, these feel like this feels like a world with boundaries and rules yeah. as opposed to, a lot of the modern content, like Finn, like exploding out of the casino night zone or whatever the fuck, yeah, riding riding a Tyrannosaurus like uh, Dick Viper or whatever the shit, like <laughs> the, I, I, the, it's you know the, so I'm assuming that you've caught up on Andor that I'm not gonna like ruin any of this shit. Right, you, me. You've watched. You've watched Andor. Yeah. Uh, no, I've watched one Andor. I haven't caught up. I haven't caught up at all. Well, holy shit. Let me just, I'll describe this in a way that's not going to ruin a whole bunch of stuff, but um, Brosef gets himself caught <laughs> at a, like about halfway through our, you know, our main, our main door, our, ma- our main guy, Cap- Captain Andor, or whatever the fuck. Yeah, our main door. And <laughs> our main, our main door, the Andor. There's the door and the Andor. You don't yeah. want to go in the Andor. It's the opposite of the main door that you want. <laughs> Haven't you ever played Portal? And <laughs> at, at some point, he gets himself capital capital K caught by the Empire and thrown into this prison facility. Yeah. And the prison facility harkens back to the real, the real old Lucas shit that was. Have you ever seen THX 1138? No. Um, most people yes. have not. Oh wait, yes. The I know one, what you're talking the, about. The, yeah, the yeah. one with the like quasi robot guys yes. and the big open white space zapping each other with poles. Yes. And the you know the guys are huddled on the ground going like I don't understand why the police state is so mean to me. 1970s. Yeah. All Earth Council, in its infinite wisdom, has decided these two numbers are to be disposed of. 
The biochemical forum has demands to make on their parts, however, before they are eliminated. That's the kind of efficiency that makes you proud to live in this era. It's, it's a it, it is a that's a truly a groundbreaking like piece of science fiction like liberty blop and the 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 prison environment and what uh what what our door goes through in the prison environment and how like stark and spartan and impossible it is to overcome and the implications of it. And a lot of the visual design are straight up kind of like the, the grandchildren of THX 1138, which is like, has a lot of the, the actual good DNA that inspired both star Wars and then other things by Lucas. And then again, other people. So, um, if you're like, uh, if you're tired of like, you know, if 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 Jar Jar Binks is no longer getting you wet, you might want to try Andor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. You asked how Luke defeated the Rancor. Luke's only chance is a stake in the monster's jaw. I did because I I assume there might be a lightsaber involved. No, but that's, he didn't uh, no. have it. Um. He he forces he forces a a butt plug into it. He put kinda. Um. It's a it's, it's like a, a mouth thing, bone. Right? He he shoves a mouth bone into the Rancor's mouth before the Rancor can chomp down on him. And as right. the Rancor is distracted with that, um, well, first he eats one of those uh, uh, orc guys. Gummy berries. Oh, um, yeah, one of the one of the piggy dudes. Yeah, the what are they called? The piggy chomper, piggy chomper space orcs. Um, Gamorian. Because is it, does he just happen to be down there, like, supervising? No, he fell down out. with Luke whenever the trap door was... Ah, uh, you hate to hit. see it. Yeah. <laughs> and that um, that made me eat my vegetables, because cucumbers crunch in your mouth the huh. same way that Jubnik did in the Rancor's mouth. And, like, Star Wars, uh, like, did, like, a, a classic, you know, eat your vegetables, learn your ABC's childhood lesson to me. And made me eat mm. cucumbers instead of like chips and shit because cucumbers <laughs> crunch like Jubnuck. <laughs> <laughs> cucumbers crunch like Jubnuck. Well, it's, that's probably a very tight um, circle, maybe triangle. I don't know, but the, <laughs> because in uh, famously um, the sound, the sounds of death in movies when it comes to like foley departments who create sound yeah. effects are are all produce being destroyed. Yes. You know, uh, watermelon being hammered or l- lettuce being cracked for, or not lettuce, but celery being cracked for bones yeah. and what have you. That is, uh, so that it's, is it's a very nutritious circle. It's, it's, it was very, it's very, yes. Um, what a delicious and nutritious uh, circle is all probably like an it's probably like an A to A there by circumnavigating B and C <laughs> and just going straight from like celery to celery or whatever. You have asked, are we happy? Are we happy and effective? Consultation with leading experts in the field makes it perfectly clear, perfectly clear. That we are all now programmed for perfect happiness. Perfect happiness. Perfect happiness. Perfect happiness. What did they do to you? Yeah, while while the Rancor's distracted, he backs up underneath of the giant, uh, like, 500-ton door that keeps him in his little like sleeping cozy place and yeah, um, not the andor the he, he's yeah. he's in the rank he's in the rancor door. the rancor door yeah, yeah don't it, get him confused the, the big gigantic fucking one that's like luke, n- yeah. nine miles tall that's the rancor door don't walk in the wrong one luke recognizes the switch that there is a switch to the rancor door and he picks up uh one of the skulls who is canonically the skull of a character named uh, Bidlow Quirve, who... 
<laughs> I thought I wanted. I I didn't. I only thought it was half funny until really right. Queerv. Queerv. Yeah. Bidlow. Queerv. God. B i d l o k w e r v e. Like every detail in Star Wars has been mapped out by somebody. This well, is canon I mean, too. Popular, it's not just like pop- fan fiction or anything. <laughs> Look, man, the popular music in their world is jizz. So, like Bidlow, Bidlow, Bidlow queer is only like a, a hop and a skip and a jump to like. Well, these people are very clearly jizz inspired in their culture. <laughs> what, what, what do you fucking expect? K-W, he looks like a swashbuckling knave. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe it's Bidlow Quirve, which is like... Yeah. Not a lot less dumb. You know, like... (laughs) Ah, you've fallen at the hand of Bidlow Quirve. I'm like... "Mm -hmm." Yeah, Yeah, Bidlow... Bidlow Quirve competed to be um, Jabba's, like, Bib Fortuna guy, but Bib Fortuna won and fed him to the Rancor. So, oh, man, <laughs> so his some of the, down there, some of the some of the sentences that we say on this show, <laughs> um, Bidlow, Bidlow Queerv, I'm just going to lead into the Queerv, was a Corellian pirate and smuggler who served <laughs> Jabba Desilicajik Tier, a different Jabba, a tall, grizzled man with scarred features and a mane of black hair. He was known for his greediness and hot temper and was quick to respond to any perceived insults. Well, isn't that Jim Dandy? Um, <laughs> fucking great. So what? <laughs> yeah, the skull of Bidlow Quirve... The skull Quirv of Bidlow Quirve. ...indirectly av- avenges himself by knocking the switch uh, to drop the door on top of the Rancor and crush it at what would be its neck if it wasn't a bear potato. Yeah. Oh, Luke th- Luke throws this specific character's skull. Yes. <laughs> God. Wow. Who? Are, what's amazing is this skull appears. It's not even like a proper frame. Like the skull isn't even. The skull is in the one frame that the internet can show you of this skull. Yeah. Which is apparently a specific guy. It's so in motion. It's not even like in focus. It's a blurry skull. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's that's how quick yeah that's how quick this one canonical character with a whole backstory and like significant involvement in this like scene it goes that like his appearance is one frame. <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm sure I'm sure what it is because what I'm seeing is he, he's appearing in like um, uh, comic book versions as as like a cartoon uh, heroic scamp. Yeah. So so obviously this is like a retconning where every where it, like every every forearm hair and you know ingrown toenail that is in frame in the original three movies yeah. is extrapolated <laughs> to be someone who has a whole you know ninety three page Wikipedia article because they showed up in five episodes of a comic book in two thousand and three. Yes. <laughs> Um, and if some, I'm wrong, there's a picture. Drink uh, my lightsaber. If you look up Bidlow Quirve, there's a picture of Luke holding the skull in what must be like a behind the scene picture. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a very uh, uh, let's say, alas, poor Bidlow. I yeah, I, I, I threw him well. So, hey, that was that was that was good. <laughs> actually, it even rhymed. It even oh, rhymed. Yeah, that is gold. We need this picture on the Instagram that says, Alas, poor Bidlow, I threw him well. <laughs> if that's... Somebody already thought of that, right? Some, I, maybe. Some Uncle Kevin got that in the world already. Well, if not, <laughs> we now we're TikTok famous. So, okay, he throws the rock, He clo- the gate starts to close, and... And then uh, the 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 pissed off rancor with a bone in its maw. And then how does how does the death occur? Because he goes to get him, but he gets his head smooshed in the in the rancor door. Is that what it is? Yeah, he gets a head smooshing. Right? It's a it's a it's a terrible. You know, don't build a door that'll smoosh your your pet's head. <laughs> it, particularly if it's the door to your pet's lair. You know what I mean? That's bad engineering. Right. Yeah. Like if you if you have an extremely if you have a pet the size, you know, of a a 19th century 
uh, Manhattan building, you know, like a like a like a small. If you have like a five story building monster that you've paid a dude out of his <laughs> weird drippy green nose to bring from another galaxy on what must have been a gigantic ship and fed and boarded it that whole time, and you built a colossal fucking, you know, amphitheater size cave dwelling underneath your headquarters for it to live at no other reason. And then that headquarters has an antechamber where the thing spends most of its time. If you build that door (laughs) such that if you do the door bad, you crush the thing's skull and it dies and you spent all of that money for nothing, you did a bad door. I what we've really discovered about this episode is this is a door uh this is a door oriented episode. This is a, this is, is a, this is an yeah. episode about don't fuck up your doors. Because yeah. how in how how often is another part of Star Wars about whether or not this fucking door will open? Yeah. Most of Star Wars. That's actually. most of it. That is most, most of, of it. Most of it is we better get this fucking door open or you better get this fucking door closed. Yeah. <laughs> and, or yeah. else the lasers or the bombs or the robots are yeah, going I, to I love Star gonna Wars. happen upon us. I love Star Wars and I love Shadowrun and they're both about getting this fucking door open in time. <laughs> Hello guys, welcome to another Star Wars Legends lore video. Today I'm revealing to you the best doors in the Star Wars Galaxy. Doors within the Star Wars Galaxy performed a wide range of unique and varied functions and they were built in highly advanced technological ways to ensure best performance and to meet the primary criteria of what constitutes a door. Yeah, well, if you do own a caper, which doors will and will not open at what speed ends up being way more important than in the rest of your fucking <laughs> life. Particularly if 92, cl- what turns out to be retroactively clones, are trying to shoot you with, like, little ineffective guns. Yeah. Doors in our universe are pretty boring, mostly made of wood and require the turning of a doorknob to open them. But what are the best doors in the Star Wars galaxy? The doors in my list have been selected based on their architectural aesthetic, usability, functionality, strength, quality of materials, and what I believe occupants of the Star Wars galaxy would have liked. So I say without further ado, let's jump right into another neglected lore topic not widely talked about among Star Wars theorists. Ranking in at number 7, we have this door here located in Theed Royal Palace on Naboo. This is a little depressing. The the vintage Star Wars um, Rancor toy is the one from 97, is the one they're calling the vintage one. That's the vintage one? Yes. Wow. <laughs> what would I get What would I get for the one from 79 or 80, whatever the fuck? Yeah, that, the one um, in 83 where you can fit like half a guy in him. <laughs> it looks like $250. Um, I will say that that toy yeah. is pretty damn well made, because we yeah. I did about everything I could possibly do to break that jaw yes. on Luke Skywalker's... Um, uh, narrow torso. Yes. Luke's only chance is a stake in the monster's jaw. And ev- and ev- everybody, every other figure that I can fit into it, particularly of the of the Star Warsian uh, origin, and yeah. it just gar, 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 yeah, that, that, that thing old... that thing just lived and lived, and it was a big toy with. You know, you would think the shoulders or the hip joints would pop or something, but yeah. no, that thing. It was if rugged you have a rancor, I think Tonka yeah, If you have a rancor, it. I guarantee it's still in perfect shape because wow, was it well built? Yeah, it's, and, uh, it, and a it was big a big ass toy too. It was a staple of both of our like toy collection. It was always there. Like, well, it really stood in well as a just like big scale yeah. monster that they were. Ve- you had very few toys that were of a proportion that would not be intimidated by the rancor. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like our generation didn't play with those weird ten inch like uh, OG GI Joes. Like nobody played with those as toys. They no. were too doll like. Yeah, everybody had little you know four yeah. inch, five inch, six inch uh, gigab guys. You know. Doctor Fates and and Supermans and <laughs> yeah. Wonder Womans could fit right in there too. They were of yeah. the exact yeah, yeah it was perfect. They weren't the exact same format, but they were the same height ratio. They were uh, I think four or five inch format were those guys, which was the same as the Marvel's uh, Secret Wars dudes. And, yeah, and it's et al. et al. GI Joe fit basically that format as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, building your own crazy fantasy world was so easy in the 80s and 90s with the toys they gave us because they were all the same size. Like, I had so many little stories planned out and little adventures 
that like it eventually got off the rails like eventually it was just pirates on jupiter because fucking earth was destroyed and like all kinds of different crazy uh gi joes and star wars guys were fighting and like the the trucks could fly and because there's no ground on jupiter it was nuts toys were fun (laughs) (laughs) yeah i uh, yeah in terms of the um the great quality nature of some of these toys you you may recall that in my life you may remember this that i had a jabba like an original jabba toy yeah because the original jabba toy was very complex yes it not, it not only came with jabba but it came with the, the band. it came with the it came with the rancor pit i don't think i think it was the the band didn't come with jabba i think the band was a separate um, oh really piece yeah, I might be wrong. I had the band as well, but I yeah. don't remember. The thing is, the reason I had all those Star Wars toys is because my fucking dad bought them. Yeah. <laughs> like, and because at the time that those OG ones came out, that was still, I was like a baby. Yeah. Right? And so um, he kept the job, the, he kept the Jabba toy like in there, in like his bedroom. Yeah. With like Jabba and Jabba sat on this thing that functioned as like the pit and then yeah. you take Jabba off and open it up being these like little uh, gargoyle cranks and there was like a, a shallow pit of like bones and water and, and stuff that was very um, well articulated and it came with a... Um, a crazy little salacious crumb yeah. and like the working uh, like bubble pipe thing with the, <laughs> with the glass dome that the pipe hooked onto via the string. Yeah. And it was all very, very well made because n- none of our none of none of our evil machinations caused any of it to break after yeah. dec- decades of abuse. That was high quality plastic in a in a in a decade of of, of high quality plastic production and I, and you know those salacious crumbs were, were very well made too. And for those that don't know who Salacious Crumb is, he's the weird little like Jim Henson goo goo guy that sits there next to J- Jabba the Hutt and goes yeah. like <laughs> and just loves things. <laughs> now this is a solid looking door which I assume is made of steel or metal, you can very easily tell it has undergone some quality metal casting with the fantastic craftsmanship located here. What is most impressive about the door and the reason why it is one of the best doors in the Star Wars galaxy is the speed at which it shuts. Um, that's that's how good on some occasions um, Lucas was at naming characters Salacious B. Crumb. Yeah. Uh... And, but the Jabba, yeah, that Jabba toy was absolutely fantastic. That was really some quality from your, for your 1970s dollars back then. Yeah. Size Snoodles and the Rebo Band, or the Max Rebo Band. Yeah, they were separate. Yeah. I currently have, in this room, um, I have my, um, I forget what he's called, but the, he's a Cobra Commander with a, with a backpack where you push the buttons and he says things. Yeah. Well, he's, he's manning that circular... Um, <laughs> Uh, keyboard setup. Hold on, let me get him. Hold on, I'm gonna get him because he does a thing. Hold on. <clears throat> I can't think of a swifter moving door in all of Star Wars. It almost performs a dual function of a weapon with its heaviness and speed that could turn any physical object into a doormat. Seriously, a door of supreme quality. He says four things. There's one's just an explosion. Wipe with a bat. Yeah, wipe with a bat. Did you hear that? Yeah, Cobra. Cobra. There's Cobra. There's Viper's Attack. Yeah, let's see. I gotta hold that really close to the mic for that to read, I think. Yeah, Viper's Attack. I'll get you. (laughs) Yeah. I'll get you. And the last one is just like a... Because, like, okay, I, I guess I didn't want to pay the, pay that actor another thing, um, even though presumably you had access to all of everything he's ever said, but whatever. Um, and that must have an internal battery that's been operating since 1988 or so, whenever this version came out. I remember there was an... Uh, this, the, so Sonic, this one, the Sonic guys came out in, like, 92, I think. Okay, yeah, I think it was there was a good there was a there was a commander, a Cobra commander, and there was a Major a Blood and General Hawk. Oh, Major Blood and, yeah. and Hawk. Hawk. So there are three of them. And I don't know. Falcon. I only ever. I don't, 
Lieutenant I Falcon. Had, I think I only ever had this one because I found... I that like, is crazy. Whoa. I know G.I. Joe like nothing. I've never had to recall <laughs> that like that. Somehow... <laughs> oh, I thought you were looking that up. No. No, there was there was Overkill, the bat, the cyborg bat guy, um, mm -hmm. a bat, Cobra Commander, Major Blood, Lieutenant Falcon, and... Um, what did the cyborg bat guy say? He said, like, I can't think of a swifter moving door in all of Star Wars. Mazel's back on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it already on? <laughs> it's, yeah. I guess the last or the middle or something of the new season's out. Ooh, Mazel. <laughs> Mazel, Mazel, Mazel. Who is objectively like the opposite of a rancor. <laughs> <laughs> there we have it. <laughs> the marvelous Miss Maisel, objectively the opposite of a rancor. <laughs> well, good thing we got that on Mike. Yeah, uh, Luke defeats Patissa and um, gets away. There. Well, no, he doesn't. He gets recaptured, taken to the Sarlacc pit. Where C-3PO has, or no, R2-D2 has his lightsaber ready to shoot out of his head. Because nobody pats down the utility droid. It's called a utility droid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, it's, um, it's um, well, I guess they're not empirical. I guess it's, uh, you know, they, they've got a, these... Mercenaries and crime lords, they have a real informal way of doing things. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just... Yeah, that's my we got, droid we now. Got, we, <laughs> we got guns, we got a Sarlacc. Why did we bring these droids to watch this? That seems yeah. unnecessary. Yeah, like, he did we, bring the whole shebang. We... Except for, um, Malikali, the trainer, wasn't there. Because in canon, Malikali escapes uh, during the chaos of a jobless hut empire. And, um... Opens up a restaurant in Mos Eisley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you got to do something with all that rancor meat, I guess, right? It's, well, it's actually, a it's a it's financial a, boon. It's a vegan restaurant. <laughs> how do you know? How does anybody know that? Come on! It's in the I, it's in the Lego game, um, which may not be canon that it's a vegan restaurant, but it's in the Lego game where um, <sighs> IG88 tracks him down and wants you to help him capture Maliki and um Malikali and whenever you confront Malikali he confronts IG88 and says there is no more Jabba so there's nobody to pay you if you capture me and thereby making everybody friends and then you can he you can place your order at his restaurant <laughs> well you know cuz the Lego <sighs> game is fun and adorable <laughs> The the twenty five lane freeway of of nerds shooting shooting by the Reddit threads of what does and does not count to being canon in the greater Star Wars universe. Yes, is it's not a road that I'm planning to like frogger with my life across. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, that's not a it's not a game I'm interested in playing. Of that that does and does not count, um, because there. are there are only, you know, an avalanche of decorative katanas would be yeah. uh, pulled out in defense of the dumbest opinions ever that have ever been had. I can't think of a swift moving door in all of Star Wars. Can I ask you, do we have any sense of how smart Rancors are? are yes. They, are they? They are semi-sentient, which means that they can, I, I would say like a gorilla or a chimp. <laughs> okay. 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 Well, that certainly does. It certainly does lead to. It, it connects more with the idea that their trainer would be uh, ha doing a sad yeah. about it. Um, well, that's a that's a weird that's a weird entity to exist. A thing that's like as big as a very large garage that is also pretty damn smart. Yeah. Um, I do, have we covered a lot of. Have we covered many monsters that are just like a big weird animal? Um, we, we've covered we've covered we've covered Sharknado. We've covered yeah. a lot of the fishy things. We've covered a giant octopus that is pissed off because of sonic waves. Yeah. We've covered, um, but I'm trying to think of something that's kind of like a sci-fi animal. I don't know. I mean, um, 
the uh, the who's you butts it that tried to kill Robocop. The uh, the Leviathan. Leviathan was um, as a result of was it naturally occurring? The Leviathan? Was it like, no, it was like yeah. toxic waste or something. Yeah, it was it was uh, as a result of man's intervention yeah. against uh, nature or some 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 kind of bivouac there. Yeah, I guess I'm wondering what kind of like um, animal social system. You know, rancors have. Rancors respond to a social hierarchy where an alpha is dominant over other rancors until defeated. Despite their extremely intimidating appearance, the creatures were inherently benign and were even domesticated by the wishes of witches of Dothamore, but could be provoked over time into a violent nature. Uh, the dirty teeth of a rancor were cleaned by birds, and rancors would eat <sighs> anything they were capable of getting their hands on. Rancors were bred into fighting, however, when domesticated, and they could be very loving to their owners. But because here's the thing, let me let me t- let me tell you, I'm you know I'm not a biology PhD, but when something is that big and its teeth are that big and pointy, yeah. it's not just like standing around chewing cud. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you only develop arms and shoulders in that proportion because you're engaged in um, a colossal version of sur- survival yeah. um, uh, violence, yeah. right? You know, among among gorillas, it's because they fight other gorillas for um, the prize of control of breeding harems. Right, yeah. so that the the pro- the proportional size of a thing that has these massive, massive shoulders and chest and arms, it it allows the uh, gorillas to have respectively tiny genitals yeah. because they have harems. Meaning, once they get down to the the boning area, it doesn't matter how big their genitals are yeah. because the genitals are not what's com- what's competing. It's the it's the fighting for exclusivity of the sexual relationships. Whereas human beings. We are way less smashy, but the war is fought by the genitals and by the brains. <laughs> so whoever's got the coolest genitals and the best brains um, wins the breeding war to a certain extent. Whereas, whereas like, so if you're a thing that is rancor shaped, it implies you fight a whole lot of a fucking something. Yeah. And also you don't have a, a jaw and a head of that intimidating of a quality. Unless you're eating a whole hell of a lot of something that needs to be rended apart, right? You're you're not eating um, the the celery and cucumbers of Gavin's plate, from, <laughs> you know, ni- nineteen eighty six or whatever. Um, yeah, the, you're well, you're the, eating something that needs to be ripped apart. This um this domestication and uh, uh, training into fighting by the Night Sisters. The Night Sisters are said to just be ancient. And the closest date I can see is like 6,000 BBY, which is before. So like 6,000 years ago, they yeah. were being trained into, I guess, the shape they are now. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we'll give it to, we'll give it some plausibility with an asterisk. I mean, this is a, yeah, this is a, this is a, this is a blue milk world after all. Yeah. Wabasha Shakti Day. All right. So, um, <laughs> any last thoughts about our um, big, presumably reptilian, carnivorous nightmare, the Rancor, that was um, so unceremoniously dispatched by uh, the first Jedi, Luke uh, Landstander? Yeah. <laughs> Not just the, the Rancor toy. Um, has had a home on top of my bookshelf for the past 30 years. It's a very good toy. Yeah. Because you can always accessorize it with another toy (laughs) in its mouth. You know, like, uh, let alone put a little jaunty gremlin hat on it or something. Yeah. Um, ex- t- 10 out of 10 toy. 10 out of 10 uh, toy. Really uh, interactive, scary, got a real personality, all virtually indestructible. 10 out of 10 um, monster, too. It's got, it has all the uh, behind-the-scenes b- behind intrigue where you want to investigate it, and boy, is there plenty to learn. 
and uh, yeah, and it's a it's a real night. It's a, a real original nightmare machine. Yeah. that uh, that that develops the sense of how broad the Star Wars reality. Yeah, is that it, it includes such it includes such bizarre and strange entities as these. Behold, <laughs> behold. <laughs> Um, fantastic. Okay, well, that brings us to the point uh, in our show where, Gavin, we have to ask, is the Rancor from Return of the Jedi, is it, is it? Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it bitchin' van art? Is it bitchin' van art? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I would say, um... There would have to be... It's odd. Yeah, it's odd, but it is. It would have to be, like, um... Uh... You'd have to tweak in some... Tweak in some Jedi flavor. Yeah. You know, put it, like, a... You know, like a... Uh, some kind of clone warrior. Or yeah. A, or a... Or a... Like, a, um, Or, like, a... In its pit with skulls and stuff on the floor next to it. Yeah, Star Wars kind of you know versions of a take on star wars are are absolutely straight down the pipe bitch and van art you know particularly when they do that kind of the 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 original poster that's more like frank Frazetta with um you know with princess leia yeah. like cl- clutching european vacation style to luke's leg in a way that it was completely <laughs> unsympathetic to the meaning of the original character dynamics but whatever yeah. you know what i mean that that is that stuff is truly bitch and van art and I, you don't need you don't need to pull in the whole star wars universe you just you know you, it's it's a fair it's a scare big scary thing it's got kinetic it looks like it's going to come and get you yeah. <laughs> and just a little bit of Star Wars pizzazz, and you got yourself a really bitchin' van. Right, I'll, I'll ask you this. Do you know who Dan Fogler is? Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I watch... What is something that I watch him in? I watch him in something really popular. He, he was like in a now. Star Wars movie. Um, not a Star Wars movie. That's, but that's um, I'm thinking of. Go ahead. He was in a, <clears throat> a movie about Star Wars fanboys where he drove a van... Um and like treated it like like Han Solo like he would he would oh, bang on the, the dash. The, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. He's the music guy in Walking Dead. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm thinking of him from. Yeah, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah, the movie's called Fanboys about Star Wars fans, and um, Dan Fogler's a Han Solo van driving guy. The Rancor would go on his van. Is <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. And that brings us to the end of our time with you, dear reader, until next time when we deliver you another batch of beasts, bollywogs, and bowls of flesh-eating dessert fluff. And if you'd be so kind as to tell a friend or support us by throwing Oops All Monsters a five-star review on iTunes, whatever format that you listen to us on, give us the maximum rating. We deserve it. We love you for it. Um... I am Gavin Longshanks. You can find me on Twitch and YouTube. I do some funny things. They're on there. Gavin says we deserve it, so I guess we do. Share an episode on your favorite social media and hit up our Instagram for images that go along with each episode. Uh, Engage with that Instagram, if you would. And if you want to toss a coin into the Potion Fund, hit us up with a one-shot contribution, if you would like, at paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters. Or if you're feeling really froggy, sign up at patreon.com slash oopsallmonsters. Lastly, I have to thank my wonderful friend Katie for our incredible theme song. Her work is part of the duo of the Parliament. Her work is part of the duo of the Darling Kathleen's can be found on YouTube at the Darling Kathleen's end. And with that, I have been Hess. And I have been Gavin. And we have been trying to open this fucking door. Trying to open this door. <laughs> Star Wars Star Wars is about the struggle to open a bunch of doors. <laughs> we need to either get two either to get these two toward these bad guys or away from these bad guys. <laughs> Some bad guys in there we need to get to. Some different <laughs> bad guys over here we need to get away from. Star Wars! Star Wars! <laughs> I can't think of a swift moving door and all Star Wars.